In any life, we have highs and lows, light and dark, wins and losses. What happens when we encounter that moment in time when what happens next could change everything? Join us as we step into another person's inspirational moment and see how we can connect their experience to ours. This is Greg Stevens, and you're listening to A Shot of Inspiration. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of A Shot of Inspiration. We've got a special guest this week. It is Dan Mormon. Now, Dan is a consultant like me. He has a company called Praxis Innovation, and Dan is... Uh, I actually met Dan in probably 2001, 2002, and I went to a leadership program that he was putting on, and I loved the program, and I got pulled in to do some IBM leadership work, and they asked me if anyone knew Sackman. Well, first thing I thought of was Dan. Talk to him. He came on to the IBM leadership program training as well and taught business acumen for IBM potential leaders. And since then, Dan and I have worked on several projects together. We did a big leadership program for the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers. And then we actually been asked to do several different programs, create a class called Feedback, Effective Performance Reviews. A couple other programs. I don't even know how many we've done together, Dan, but <laughs> Dan is the brains behind anything I do. He oh is, I have, I have a, a vision. I know how to run toward what I want to do, but I'm not good at the details. And I always want Dan at my right side because he's going to think of the things I never thought of, the questions to ask. And also, even this program wouldn't have happened without Dan because Dan and I, actually had the idea of a shot of inspiration while we're sipping tequila one night <laughs> on a golf course out by his house and just talking, sharing friendship and had this idea about putting a podcast together that was inspirational for people. And we started out doing it together and things just kind of got bogged down with COVID. And I went ahead and took off with it. But the whole idea was that we all do this together. So my goal going further is that we have people like Dan and other people coming on and interviewing other people. But Dan is going to be one of those familiar faces you'll see around the shot of inspiration. He'll be hosting some of these in the future. And I just wanted you to get to know him and kind of get comfortable with the person that I know. So Dan, welcome to a shot of inspiration. It took a while, like three or four years to get here. So (laughs) it's really good to be with you. (laughs) It's good to be on the first one. For me, anyway. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I kind of went really quickly through how we know each other. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about your background, how you got into what you're doing, and how we forged a friendship, and what's shown up for both of us in our lives and also our work as that friendship has pulled us forward in life? Well, I guess that's a big question. It's funny. There's some things you do in life that you you plan methodically and things come together and you just build. And at least in my life, I've done a fair amount of that. And I've had a couple of events that just make things happen by themselves. And one of those events, when I was in, when I first moved to Austin, what, 22 years ago or something like that, I did a, a workshop uh, coaching, inciting excellence, coaching skills for leaders. And there were probably about 12, 15 people there. In the next 15 years, I've done business with like 
11 of the 15, like really good friends, long projects. It's just amazing how that happens. I think you and Hayden were in that initial course. From that, we had coffee. And what I remember about the story is Vera Cruz, Miss Vera Cruz from IBM was looking for someone to put together a course in business acumen. And you'd met me like the day before or something like that over coffee. And you said, talk to Dan. So in the course of three days, you know, I spoke with her, developed a first a one-day simulation and the next year a two-day simulation that started a relationship with the IBM trainers for IBM Leadership University. It was such a really cool group. I, I met Chris Douglas there. I met other folks there. And because you do business with people that you know and you trust, that opened the doors to other big projects. Yeah. Like SHIP, the Professional Society of Hispanic Engineers. What a beautiful group. Uh, so those were great times. So that's where we met. After we met, what showed up in your career after the IBM program for, for work? So I've been an executive coach for 20, 22 years or something like that. And there are a couple patterns in my practice. I've been 100% referral for geez forever. Um, and I typically have one or two large projects a year, big companies that will do consulting. Like in the old days, it was business process reengineering, places like Hitachi Heavy Construction around 9-11, or large training programs like with you and Daimler and, and other companies yeah. where they have a problem. We design a workshop or a solution, and then we put those, those on. That's what I've done a lot with you, Greg, as you know. What was your favorite program that we've done together, Greg? Gosh, I think the biggest one was when we were doing effective performance reviews and all the times we had to end up in Kinko's the night before, changing information last second, trying to individualize it, and then we'd find a typo or something. Continuous <laughs> improvement. We would we redo it every time. And that was Kinko's, uh, actually up in Portland and actually Raleigh-Durham area, things like that. Detroit. Every night. And I think some of the fun ones were when we got to Detroit and we were doing a program and Dan forgot his pants. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to go. Luckily, there was still a mall open and, you know, beggars can't be choosers. He just went out and just found a, a first pair of pants he could get. And then the other funny thing, I think, was in our travels was we were in Portland and about to go to class that day. And I bags. And Dan walks out with his luggage and we're not leaving until <laughs> the next day. And he it kind of freaked me out because I thought, did, did I forget? Are we leaving today? But he was so sure we were actually out the door ready to leave. <laughs> so those are a couple of my, my favorite moments. But also I love how we work together because you are – folks, Dan's just smarter than me. There's no getting around it. He has an engineering brain. He has, He's a process person. That's not how I work. And he can tell you that for sure. What I do like about it is one of the reasons I want Dan as my right-hand person on projects is because he will ask the questions I never thought of. He will look at the details. And that's just not me. And I think that's what's so beautiful about having any type of partnership when you're putting something together. I can only do so much of my own, but it's such a better product if you're involved. And that's what I love about it because it also comes with its frustrations because I remember <laughs> I remember many times when 
we'd be working on something for hours. And I remember one time dad said, well, Greg, you look like you're about done today. And I said, Dan, I was done two hours ago. But <laughs> he could just he just wade through the minutia in a way that I can't. I just can't do it. So I love that we have that kind of a friendship and that you have that ability to see those things that I'm not able to see. I think that that is the nature of a strong team relationship. Yeah. I, I it's funny you use the word minutia. I've, I've never been good at the details. <laughs> if I'm You're better than I am. <laughs> that's that's the trouble. <laughs> You're, saying you're better than I am isn't saying a lot, but you are much better than I am at it. For sure. Through all of this, there almost seems like there's what we're aware of, and then maybe this guiding hand or something behind the, I would say, almost every project we've ever done. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like the, the pants story. That, that was... That was the result of like massive stress on both sides. I just, how many times have I traveled? A million times. But if you remember, because we went to that mall, we sat in a car and had some really deep conversations that created some breakthroughs that would not have happened if we had not been sitting in the dark at 9.30 at night outside a mall having that conversation. Right. I I, I feel humble when I, I see all of those, how things have come together over the years. And Dan, you've got a lot of different groups you've worked with as well. What are you currently working on right now? I know you're doing some coaching and you're working on with Alignment Resources. We're doing our Masterful Mentoring Program. What else are you doing right now? Well, I've got different baskets of things. I've got executive coaching, senior leaders at large companies and medium-sized companies. I've got a couple of consulting gigs going on right now, one around sales process which I've never thought of myself as a as an expert, yet there's a lot of opportunity there. That's a fun project. And starting another process project around the creation of media assets for a different group. So it's always been a combination of training, of coaching, and consulting. I, I love variety. I love it when the systems all come together. Well, this is an inspirational podcast. And that's another thing, folks. Dan has been rushing around today. When he got on, he's like, I don't know if I can be present. <laughs> and he's always present, folks. He he doesn't think he is, but he's he has a great, what would I say, uh, practice of being able to be very present with people. And so I know you've done a lot of different work in a lot of different areas. You just got back from a refiner's weekend in Denver. Tell us about some of those groups like refiners, what you do, if you can share that. And then some of the other things that have kind of pulled you forward. What ins- Maybe some inspirational stories around some of your engagements with refiners or other things that you've done. What a long, strange trip it's been. I'm not sure I can. Um... I'm not sure I understand the journey that I've been on. Many of the things that I've done have been outside of formal tradition, so they don't necessarily have names. (laughs) What I can say is where all those things have pointed me in a couple different foundational ideas. One, what I see in most people and most of their problems, including my own, what they have in common is a misunderstanding of, of who they are. Um, this is where philosophers, theologians, and social scientists talk about the same things, but they use different words. We have an ego and our true self. 
And many people mistake that chatter in their head, that egoic talk for their true self, which is not. We all have a brain. That brain thinks stuff all the time. The ego is concerned about our safety, the passage of time and place. And so it sorts all the time looking for danger, and it always finds what it looks for. It knows that it hurts when you're caught off guard. So it tries to take you down a notch before that happens. It's the voice in your head that says, don't go up to the plate. And a lot of people think that that's them. Well, that's your brain chatter. You, this is you, and you are the witness of those things. And you can see the craziness without becoming the craziness. Let me give you an example. There's a big difference between being afraid and noticing that you're running fear in your system. When I am afraid that all I can do is look through that lens of fear and that distorts. And so I see false positives everywhere. And so I respond in kind and people treat me like I've just attacked them and I'll swear it's them. When I connect to my true self, I get to observe that stuff. Oh, I'm angry. And I can respond instead of react to that anger. That place that has is has been you since you've been a little boy or since I've been a little boy, it's never changed. Yeah. Doesn't particularly care about the passage of time. Doesn't really care about being safe. It, it's not concerned about your comforts, concerned about your fulfillment. Yeah. Everyone has a, a journey, I believe. And so when I listen to that place, I respond from my timeless values, not my passing emotions. That is the person I know myself to be. And then when we get stressed or we're running around, then we, we fall into those traps where we, we stop listening. We start being that stuff. And that's the source of all our problems yeah. that I can see, that, that distortion. Well, And that's I a love, practice. Well, I love that because... Folks, that kind of sums up my experience with Dan, what we just talked about. What I want to ask you, Dan, is tell us about maybe your background, what you came from, how many brothers and sisters, and a little about a little about that, because I think from what you just heard, of course, very insightful, but also look at the background that Dan came from. So Dan, share with us where you came from, a little about your family. And if you can, tell us about the time your dad almost burned down the house with the Christmas tree. (laughs) The Christmas tree fire. Yeah, I might get to that. (laughs) I came from a family of six kids, uh, the most Catholic family you've ever heard of. (laughs) My dad's family, I had three uncles that were priests and four aunts that were nuns. And it was a beautiful way to grow up. Happiest people I've ever seen in my life were the nuns, the aunts. They were just childlike, happiest people I've ever known. Really? The most generous person I've ever met in my life was Father Dick, my my uncle. He was so generous that people would be generous back to him. And as he got older, people would just give him stuff. They'd give him cars. They'd give him cheese and wine and stuff. He just, it's all he could do is keep giving it away. He's like this wealth distribution thing. The most spiritual person I ever met for, for many years was my oldest uncle, Father Ed, just a beautiful, beautiful man. So that was the environment I grew up in. My mom was supposed to have died four times in her life, three times in mine. One was my birth. Each time people prayed and she got better. And that's just kind of what I began to expect. When I was born, she wasn't supposed to make it. She had pneumonia. She had the conversation with my oldest sister, Mary, 
about you're now the woman of the family. Wow. In the second grade, that must have been a hard conversation. And the day after that, she got better. All the x-rays were clear. Wow. It's gone. Uh, once when I was in elementary school, once when I was in high school, same stories. They would pray and she got better. So spirituality comes easy to me. Having said that, I have brothers and sisters that over the course of their lives, they haven't been as spiritual as sometimes as, as they are now or how they were. In other words, it affects everybody differently. Right. But that kind of baked into who I am. It, it feels that way anyway. Well, people got to hear that that one story. I just love it because every time I think about Christmas now, I think of that story. <laughs> Dan's an avid outdoorsman. He loves to be in the woods. Things that I hate doing, <laughs> he loves to do. Get him on a camping trip and he just lights up. And that's where I tend to complain like Woody Allen around something. You'll hear me go on a rant. But you got to tell the story about your the, the Christmas tree because what we were talking about this was we were burning some, we were making fire around Christmas and Dan said, oh, we've got to get the Christmas tree out here. Those things just go up like a match. And then he started telling me the story. So Dan, share the story about your dad and the Christmas tree. I'm not sure how good of a story it is. My dad wanted to burn the Christmas tree inside the house in the fireplace. And we had one of those fireplaces that was a see-through. And my mom is like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. She's usually very subservient. She's like, don't do it, dad. Don't do it. And, and he did it. And if you ever watch a Christmas tree go up, it just goes. He's getting bigger and bigger. And the flames are belching out both sides. The house is filling up with smoke. Scared the crap out of all of us. But they burn so fast and hot that they go out equally as fast. <laughs> Which saved never. <laughs> I've never seen my father in my life be sheepish, <laughs> and he was. Sorry for almost burning down the house. That's great. That's great. There's probably a lesson in there for us, I suppose. Absolutely. And then Dan also has two sons, one that just got Ooh. married. Uh, tell oh. us a little about your family, Dan. I have two sons, and they're opposites. Charlie oh. is, yeah, is an extrovert. He's tactile. If he walks from here to there, he'll walk, he'll touch four things in between. He's just got a, a beautiful heart. He's just out there. And Alex is the, the gentle giant. He's always been 99th percentile. Even as a kid, I mean, especially as a kid, he's just been always tall, always big, and very quiet. And um, he's very sensitive yeah. and smart. Wow. Um, very and then Both you met people. And you met Melissa in high school or college? Uh, first girl I met in the first class in high school started dating like in the last month of the senior year. Wow! <laughs> yeah, that was that's that was fun. That is amazing. And uh, where do you see things going for you? What are you working on now? What are you looking forward to in the next five to ten years to inspire and keep you going? Um. What I expect will be situations will unfold. I no longer have goals. I have intentions. I have intentions to serve. I have intentions to check the resonance of projects. If it feels like a great project, it usually is. Uh, so it's more of an instinct. I don't know whether that will be mass media like this or it'll be working with individuals and I'm unattached. Yeah. 
Well, that's interesting because most people in business will say, oh, you got to have these goals. You got to do this. You got to do that. And you're a coach. How does that line up with what you when you coach people? Is it the same thing? Do you talk to them about that or do you set goals with them? So that's a really good question. The first thing is it's about their life and their business, not mine. Mm -hmm. I like working with business owners because it brings me back to like the personal coaching I did 20 years ago. The business exists for the owner. And sometimes it's obvious what the business, what's best for the business, but you don't always do what's best for the business. You do best what what they want. And that's the deeper question of what do you want? Uh, Inherent in many people's goal setting is this idea that if I achieve this, I'll be happy or it'll be better when I have a different circumstance. And rather than saying that's just never true, I'll just invite you to, to notice when has that been true for you? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> Some of the most successful people are, they just serially set goals. They're just always achieving to fill that part in their soul that <laughs> wasn't filled up by the last goal. I'm much more concerned about the method of travel than the destination. I'm not under the illusion that when I achieve a thing, I'll be happier. Yeah. My goal is to bring together the spiritual, the, the social piece into what I do as a business so that it's not two aspects of my life. It's one thing. And that's what I continually try to do. Sometimes that takes courage because you don't want it to sound like woo-woo. Right. Um, And the other piece is you got to meet people where they are. A lot of people aren't ready to hear some of that stuff. That's okay. How can you speak to them in the way that they can? Good. Good. Yeah. Just like you were talking about happiness, Andrew just got back from North Africa on a mission mm. trip. Andrew is my wife's son, my stepson by pecking order, I guess is how you say it, by title. But I I didn't do any raising. He, he's like more like my brother. I love him to death. But he just got back from North Africa. And that's the one thing he said. He said, Greg, people seem so much happier there and they have nothing. And he said, I could tell a distinct difference automatically when I first got there, how happy people were compared to whether the white people are over here and how they wouldn't see you, acknowledge you, thank you, things like that. And he said, you know, it was very different. That wasn't something he was expecting to see. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Each year they do this survey on what the happiest people on earth. And there are places like Mexico and Nigeria, like places that have a lot of crime a lot of strife like how is that possible yeah wow it's amazing there's a there's a family ethic of taking care of each other of community of fulfillment that um we have kind of lost a little bit i guess Well, thinking about this podcast, and you're going to be doing some things with it in the future what do you want for the listener to experience in the podcast that we create. Tell a little about what your vision was when we started putting this together. So a good question. Well, what I noticed is that we would, we go out in the golf course at night and just kind of let it all out and a lot of great conversation. And what I remember of us continually, when we would have guests, people would say, wow, you should write that down. Like that, that was pretty good. And we're like, man, we're just talking. And so if we can share the things that we think about, we, we talk about, I think it really can change people's lives, yeah. different ways of seeing things. Everything changes when you change the way you look at a thing. 
And that, that inspires me. And I think that inspires a lot of people. So one last question before we break today. Is there anything you wish I would have asked that I didn't? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, you know, I uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Well, I want to say thank you, Dan, for being here. And listeners, thank you. You'll be seeing Dan in the future. And I hope you have an amazing week. And see you next week on A Shot of Inspiration. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of A Shot of Inspiration. If you like this or any of our other episodes, make sure you rate it and share it with a friend. This is Greg Stevens, and we look forward to being with you next time. Until then, be bold, be courageous, and respectfully speak your truth.